Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. And Christian, I actually got to do the intro for this part of the podcast this time, unlike our interview with today's guest, Steve Steger of Nine News and Christian's seatmate at Avalanche Games. Great conversation with him, which we will talk about in due time. Christian taking the lead on that one, taking over as host for the interview of that one. That was a pretty different experience. Yeah, no, it, it was definitely weird for me too. I felt like I was actually a, a podcaster because um, Griffin is uh, the more experienced of the two of us and right. definitely has the better questions. But uh, we, had a, we had a good time. I love talking with Steve. We got to get Jeff on, my other seat buddy here soon too. But just an awesome time talking with him. But we know why most of you are here. Um, the Avalanche, for the first time in the month of April, lost the hockey game. And they lost, of course, to the one team that put our my friend and my co-host Griffin in such a mental pretzel because the Avs lost to the Washington Capitals. And I'll let Griffin take the floor because we've watched a lot of Capitals games. This was the best they've played probably since the start of the year in this game. This is a, that was a completely different Capitals team than the one I have seen in months. That is the best game that they've played maybe since the last time they played the Avalanche because the way it's going and the way this season's going to end, the Capitals are going to go down as the only team the Avalanche did not get a single point against across the entire league. Even against Columbus, the only other team that swept them, they lost one game in OT. So they at least got one of four against them. Against the Caps, they've got a big fat nothing. And that puts me in a very precarious position, doesn't it? Because <laughs> It puts you in the worst spot. This is like your worst nightmare. Yeah, and thank God we only have to do this twice. So I'm going to be honest, I did not enjoy this game at all, honestly. I didn't know what I was going to feel watching this game. I was going to be like, oh, maybe it'll be stress-free because I won't care who wins and everything. No, the Avs got everything locked up and everything. The Avs or the Caps clinched a playoff spot with the Islanders losing the night before. What's there to worry about? The puck dropped, and as the game progressed, I just slowly sunk further and further back into my couch. I'm like, when is this going to be over? This is horrible. Because the game was a very fun game I thought and the Capitals played I thought the perfect game against the Avs but let's let's also put into perspective just what had to happen for the Avalanche to lose their first game in April the Avalanche are starting to rest players no Devontae's in this game there will be no Devontae's on this road trip healing some just minor dings and everything just making sure he's perfectly healthy hang on breaking news Griffin and I recording this before the Kraken game Miko Rantanen is out tonight with a non-COVID illness. So Miko Rantanen will not be playing against the Kraken this evening. Oh, So add another player to the one who, who's not playing. 
Okay, then. That is also the first time learning of this because yep. I'm not looking Peter at Peter Baugh just thing. tweeted that out three minutes ago. Okay, so thank God we're doing this now. <laughs> yep. So, but in this game against the Caps, no Devontae's, obviously no Landeskog, no Kadri, but there will be Nazem Kadri back in this Kraken game, which we are recording before and will be recording a very, probably a very brief segment afterwards because let's face it, this game is nothing. Yeah. We'll see if we even have anything to say about that game when it's done. And, you know, three hours from now when we're recording the hour-long segment of the the 8-7 game of the year against the Kraken will look stupid then. But again, uh, I got off track. I do this a lot. No taste, no Kadri, no Landeskog, no Cogliano, no Eric Johnson. A whole litany of players out for the abs. That was all of them, right? Am I missing one? I don't think so. I I don't think so. You listed off a lot of names. Yeah, a lot of names there. But they're missing plenty of key contributors. And it also took the Caps playing their best game of the season. I, I really think it's at least top three. And I've, I've watched a lot of Caps games this season. I'm an authority on this. They have not played that well in a long, long time. And even with all of that, Avs missing plenty of key contributors, the Caps playing their best game and the Avalanche having absolutely nothing to play for the Caps having kind of plenty to play for with them trailing the Bruins and the Penguins by a lot less. Now it still was only a one goal game and it took two horrendous Jack Johnson plays where this, this was his worst game of the season. It took two, just what are you even doing plays to give two free goals to the Capitals? It felt like, and even still, you lost by one close game against a very desperate and hungry team. Really, I I know I I, I don't really know how to feel about it. I, I should have been happier that the Caps won that game because it was a huge win for them. But it was also the Avs lost, so I kind of just walked away. Like I feel like you put it, but like in a pretzel. Where it's like, I, yeah. I don't really know what to do about this now. But I didn't really see anything to worry about from that game. The Caps had a great game plan. They did not give the Avs any room. I texted you at a certain point. It feels like the Avs are getting suffocated right now. Every time someone has the puck, there's someone in their face right away. And we look at the checklist for what it takes to beat the Avs. I think the Caps checked like all six boxes of everything yeah. you need to do. You need to have you need to have uh, atrocious turnovers by the Avs. Uh, you need to have your goalie come up with uh, – Sam Soft didn't play great in that game. He made fun. some saves. Um, you have to have your goalie be good. And basically you just have to rely on the fact that the abs have to beat themselves because really in this game, the abs beat themselves, like all three goals that Darcy Kemper gave up. I hold nothing against him for any of the three. Like there was absolutely nothing he could do. On none of them. Was there anything he could do? We're looking at a Jack Johnson, just flub at the blue line, Garnet Hathaway breakaway. That's just, you're flipping a coin at that point. And the, the Alex Ovechkin power play goal, he is literally five inches away from the goal line. That's on Logan O'Connor to at least tie up his stick, right? I know Ovi's a monster, but you got to try to get him out of there, move him out of there. That's, a, yeah. that's the best goal scorer of all time, five inches away from your crease, in, literally in your crease. You got to at least try to do something there. And the, the Marcus Johansson game-winning goal, Jack Johnson sends a bomb up there. Logan O'Connor also flubs it. Tough game for him as well. And... Mojo's wide open for a one-timer cross crease. No goalie in the league stopping that. Nope. And it was, it, it was like, I, I have no qualms about that game. I, I thought that the officiating was questionable. questionable. I, I, I'm on board with that. 
Yeah. That was a very strangely officiated game. Yeah. I wish I could have a take on the, the Nico Sturm on Obi thing, but I literally never saw a replay. I don't know if that's NBC Sports Washington. They didn't show one. I don't know if they showed one on altitude because I couldn't get altitude. They showed it. They showed it. It was, it's one of those ones where I think if it was any player other than Ovi, it wouldn't have been called. And I, I, I just have to take your word on that because yeah. I, I didn't even see it. I saw out of the corner of my eye just Ovi go down and flexing his legs. So I assume there was something, but yeah, he, they never showed barely, if, if he made any contact with him, it was barely any contact because you had that one that could have gone no called. And then Kale McCarr gets called for, I hate that penalty where you're bringing the puck up and you're standing there and someone runs into you and you're the one who interferes with them. That I think is, that's the biggest that bullshit penalty. That was a horrible call. McCarr was not even looking at Lars Eller. Eller ran oh. into him and they gave McCarr the penalty. I, I have no argument for that. And he like barely even touched Lars Eller too. And Eller went down like a flopping fish. Um, and it, I players know that now, like they know you're going to call that. So why not try and draw it? Cause they had tried to draw it on the rush before that. So it was two times they tried to draw it and they finally got the call, but uh, the officiant was questionable. I mean, we've said that probably 40 times this year on episodes. So I, I'm not surprised by it anymore. Um, so that was surprising, but overall, I thought the abs considering all the pieces that were missing, I thought they played a pretty decent game. Like they battled hard. The physicality was a lot more than I thought there'd be between two teams when we play each other twice a year. McDermott lined up Wilson a couple times and got him with a couple good shots. But, um, I, I don't know. Like we have seven games to go after tonight or six, six after this, after the Seattle game, will we, gratefully down to five but yeah yeah so and, we just need to get there because that's all i care about is just getting there yeah and just looking at this game as a whole it felt like a pretty intense playoff atmosphere game but not really for the abs it felt like that for the caps like massive game against the best team in the nhl you need these two points if you're going to catch pittsburgh and sneak into that three spot in the metro and as, as we talked about with Steve later in the episode, a lot of Caps fans there too. It's just, it, everything felt like it went the Caps way in this game. If Jack Johnson, <laughs> had, if Jack Johnson has a better game, the Avs probably win this game. If Devon Tays plays in this game, the Avalanche win this game. I'm, I'm willing to say you only put Devon Tays in the lineup, the Avalanche win this game. That's how important he is. He's so important to this team. If Devon Tays is out in the playoffs, we're not winning the cup. It's that simple. I, that's not a crazy take. That's not, that's not a crazy take. Um, Cause he is, you just, you notice it more and more when he's not on the ice, just cause you had Jack Johnson playing with Kale McCarr and it was like, okay, that is the why are we doing this? that's going to happen. Yeah. And the other one I wanted was like, finally, I think about halfway through the game, Bednar was like, okay, Byron's got his legs. Let's put Byron and McCarr together. And they were good after that. But um, I almost forgot about this. Cause I haven't heard anything more about this. Josh Manson got hurt and there was a legit like 15, 20 minutes in the intermission where I think most of the abs nation was freaking the fuck out. Me, me. Yeah. I was one of them because that looked like a very awkward collision he had with Marcus Johansson yep. in the first period. It wasn't dirty or anything. It was just a weird collision on the boards. It looked like Manson's skate kind of got caught. Mm-hmm. I thought that could have been pretty bad. Thankfully he's back for yeah. the, second period and played just about the same time as everybody else. But that, that was scary to me. That was my worst nightmare. 
Because like I said, coming into this game, like I've I've already won. So my anxiety is just like, okay, well now something's obviously going to go wrong, right? That's just how this works. And then Manson goes down and I'm, I'm basically underneath my couch at this point. Just like, <laughs> when is this game going to be over? I can't take this anymore. Thankfully, he's okay. And seemingly none the worse for wear. Yeah, like it, it's that's how it's going to be these last five games. It's just going to be hold your breath every time someone gets hit. And I, we should prepare ourselves for it. I think the one time we will see this team potentially fully healthy before the playoffs is that last home game against Nashville. Potentially. I mean, we're getting Kadri back against the Kraken tonight. Landeskog and Murray are going to start skating. I think when they They already did, they already did that they're going to start like skating more like with the team and everything when they get back from this road trip. I don't know if we see Landeskog back before the playoffs. It just doesn't seem like the timeline matches up un- unless there's like some sort of miraculous healing process with that leg. I really think that we're just not going to see him until game one of the playoffs, but who knows? Who knows? But I, I would love to see them maybe get one game in before the playoffs. Um, Cause th- you need it. Uh, so we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think what else happened in this Caps game, man. Leckie scored. That was cool. Yeah, and I was just about to talk about the Lekin and goal. Even though we lost this game, I was overall encouraged by getting that goal because when you really look at this, this this is the kind of game that can beat the Avs in the playoffs where you give them absolutely no space. The team in front of you plays perfectly, perfect game plan for 60 minutes. And limiting this game and the apps to only 26 shots, which they don't generally get. And the caps only had 27 themselves, a generally lower event game than the abs are used to. This is a game where you really needed a, a greasy goal in front and just jamming away at it in the crease. And that's exactly what Arturi Lekkanen did on this goal. There was the, the controversy about goalie interference. Uh, very, I did not, envy the officials trying to make that call there i thought it could have gone either way that yep. i think i think the determining factor was that the puck was loose and lekanen was pushing the puck and then his pad into the net i think that's why they ultimately called it a goal not that i'm going to argue it because i was rooting for that game to be tied at that point but arturi lekanen had an outstanding game he was great the, I'd, I'd be willing to say outside of nachushkin he was the best player on the ice for the abs yeah, he was great, and they, they mixed up the lines a little bit. They threw him out with uh, Obey Cubell, and why am I blanking on the JT Comfer, I think. Like, they mixed up the lines a little bit, and Bednar can do that because he has that – we have everything clinched. And even after that loss, we're still tied for first for uh, the President's Trophy. So if that's the one thing this team's playing for, awesome. But I don't even think they're playing yeah, for it. They're I don't full, think so either. They're clearly not right now with Monte yeah. is resting and everything. They clearly do not care. If, if anything, good. Like, yeah. I, I really, I don't want it. If we win it, fine. If we don't win it, honestly, I would prefer it that way just because I feel like this team does a little better when the microscope's off of them, even just a little bit. That's just, yeah, I agree. Um, and like Steve was saying, the they had a chance if they would have won the last seven games to tie the record for most regular season wins. And both of those teams lost in the first or second round. So yeah. um, I'm cool with that record not being a possibility anymore because that one is actually bad juju like that one actually has some premise behind it but um yeah i mean it it was a good game i i I think that's kind of what we're going to talk about for 
these last five games after tonight, just kind of, it was a good game. No one got hurt. So that's a win. Like as long as no one gets hurt in these last five games, it's a win for us. Yeah. If, if the lineup stays entirely healthy and you get everyone for game one of the playoffs, that's all that matters. The results here literally do not matter anymore unless you're just obsessed with the president's trophy. And I, I do not think there is a person on the planet that is. So it was funny. Did you see those tweets from Bednar on his radio show this morning? He was like, yeah, we're playing for it. But I, I like, I feel like he's contractually obligated to say they're going out there to try and win games. Right. Like th- that's his job. He has to say they're going out there to win games. Right. But, like, they want to win games. And when you win games in the race like this, you're probably going to win the president's trophy. Yeah. And by saying, well, we don't want it probably sends the wrong message to the team. Yeah. So it, it, it was one of those things. that was pretty funny to me, but, uh, that's my goal tonight. Let's get through Seattle. This is truly the most meaningless game of all time. Uh, the abs are like minus 360 to win this game money line, which is ridiculous to think about. Um, I don't know. The, the NHL, they had such a great week last week. This week has been nothing but terrible matchups. I know. Like I've been, I've been waiting for some good ones. I mean, Canucks and Dallas was pretty interesting standings wise, but even then that game turned out to be a blowout and like, is there anything even coming this week, like tomorrow or anything like Boston Pittsburgh could have something Toronto, Tampa could be interesting. Dallas, Calgary. And we'll, we'll see where it all goes. Like I'm missing a game recently where it was like exciting and had like a ton of of weight behind it. Uh, Like that Calgary Nashville one was good last night. That was a good, that was a fun one. That was a good one. But like, but like, I just, the Avs have a, it, I guess this is just the point you get to with um, this point of the season when everyone's kind of clinching stuff, unless you're playing one of those bottom feeder, not bottom feeder teams, but like those teams fighting for the eight seed, it, it should be, it should be pretty uneventful. Oh, we forgot about the biggest one Monday night, the Vegas Golden Knights lost three to two on home ice against the New Jersey devils. And that yeah. was hilarious um, because now Vegas has to win their last five games starting tonight against a Washington team who I must admit it feels good to cheer for them again. It felt bad cheering against them because um, I watch a lot of games because we're friends and we talk about hockey all the time. So I've kind of become an Av or Caps fan in the, in the sense. So it'd be good to cheer for them again. But if Vegas loses tonight, they are officially there. They there's no chance. I mean, Vancouver, they lost no T to the senators last night. Unbelievable loss, by the way. Yeah. But even with that OT loss, they're now tied with the golden Knights with the same amount of games played. If the golden Knights, lose this game to the caps their toast yeah, at that point they, they they would need some miraculous and it, like la as bad as they are like la is not a good hockey team like, they got they dominated can, they, they got dominated by anaheim last night dominated i watched that game and they won but they have shown that they're just going to keep beating these bad teams which is all they have left facing until vancouver at the very end I mean, if Vancouver keeps on winning, they've got a tough schedule. They've got Minnesota, Calgary, Edmonton, and then they finish with L.A. If Vancouver makes it interesting towards the end, this could be something. But L.A. just has the easiest schedule in the world. Vegas, they've got St. Louis, Washington tonight, and then Dallas, which could be a very interesting game. Dallas tied 2-2 at the time we're recording this with Edmonton. If they can hold on and get a point out of this game, that puts them five clear of Vegas with six games to play for them, I think. I have it right here. Where is Dallas on here? They, yeah, this, they would have five games left to play after yeah. Edmonton. And have a five-point lead. So yeah. that 
That's pretty good. That uh, would all but bury Vegas from getting into a wild card. Wild card. Their, la- their last hope would be LA. And then we wouldn't have to worry about playing Vegas until, until the conference final, if yeah. they get in at all. Yeah. I mean, this Vegas team, like I, they're just free falling right now. Um, we'll see if they beat Washington tonight, but you couldn't, but, but they can't lose that game to New Jersey. I will be pissed if the Cavs yeah. lose this game. If they beat the Avs and put me into this pretzel and predicament that I'm in on this episode of trying to talk about this game, and then they lose to the Golden Knights and get them back in the playoff race while falling behind the Penguins, I'm going to be pretty upset. <laughs> it'd be pretty – it'd be the most Caps thing ever, though. It would happened. be, and that's probably what's going to happen. So, but I got nothing else for the Caps game. Um, we're going to roll the, the Steve – uh, interview. We hope you all enjoy it. And then on the other side of it, we will recap this surely riveting avalanche cracking game. I can't wait for your face. Nice. I, just, I wish we did video because Griffin's face when I said that was probably one of the funniest things I've seen today. So um, I, you got anything else, Griffin, before we hop no, into this? I movie? mean, not really. I'm glad we don't have any caps and abs games again the rest of this season. God forbid they meet in the Stanley Cup. Oh, God, if they met in the Stanley Cup finals, that would be your worst nightmare. It, it literally would be. Like, you think, oh, it's your two favorite teams. You're guaranteed to win a cup. That's the problem. I've already won. Now it's boring. What am yeah. I going to do? Watch the Stanley Cup final with both of my teams and not pick a side? Yeah, you have like, to pick do, a side. Like, do I pick the the – the show that I'm a host of where my voice is broadcasted or do I pick the team I was born with? Like I, I might just have an anxiety attack and die. <laughs> oh, it'd be good. It'd be good. But luckily you won't have to deal with that. Cause I, I think we're both in agreement. The caps are, are the, not going to make it. If the caps them. make it out of the gauntlet of the Eastern conference, it would be a, more of a miracle than the Habs last year. Yeah. They well, don't we'll have see. a goalie. Yeah. You never know. You never know. You never, you never if, know. If they play like they did against the abs and get all the bounces to go their way. They, they might beat the Panthers and that's yeah. it. But like you said, if they win tonight, they're, they're jumping some people. So there are still some standing implications in the NHL. It just doesn't involve the abs. So nothing, nothing involves the abs right now outside of the president's trophy. Nope. So uh, we'll probably be talking some more standings races because it's starting to shape up. Like I, I think it's Dallas is who the abs get in the first round. Yeah. Nashville Love had a big win against Calgary. If Dallas ends up winning this game against Edmonton, they'll be tied again. But, but Dallas Nashville has the huge lead in regulation wins. Yeah. Dallas has no tiebreakers, but a far easier schedule. So yeah. we'll, we'll recap all of that when we talk about the Kraken game, because I don't think we're going to talk about the Kraken game for that long. But as for now, we are going to be talking about, or getting to our interview with Steve Steger of nine news, a great conversation. I'm barely in it because this is, this is Christian <laughs> and Steve's show for the next 30 minutes. They, they are great together. That was an outstanding time. So that was fun. Hope you guys enjoy the conversation and we will be back in, well, how long was that? 35 minutes, 35 Probably minutes to talk about the Kraken game. See you guys then and hope you enjoy the interview with Steve. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very special edition of the Teledavs It Is podcast. Uh, Griffin is not introducing this next guest because unfortunately for this guest, he has had to sit next to me for the past, oh gosh, what, three years now? Um, We welcome on host of From the Cheap Seats, anchor of Nine News, my good friend, Steve Steger. Christian, it's been longer than three years. Has it? It's been longer than three? 
can I can I justify it by I'm trying to think of how much our tickets have gone up. Yeah, that, like that's where you can in, go. That's the more impressive because we both bought them at the same time when it was a dirt cheap deal. Yep. And I and they've now doubled in price. For Correct. Year, right. Yeah. Correct. They've doubled in price from where they were when we when we bought them at that dirt cheap deal. I think it was four years ago. So, was it four? It might have been yeah. because we did because I remember it was two seats for a thousand dollars. Yep. And what that's how they that got us in. Yeah, now huh? they're two grand. Now it's two grand for two yep. seats. It's a thousand dollars a seat for the season. Um, and so for some reason, my my co-host Jeff Suttel, who never goes to games, uh, continues to buy into this. Uh, so I'm like, all right, if you want to keep paying half, that's fine, buddy. Yeah, tickets, that, that's that that has been the best part to me. Um, it shows just the ads community. Me and Steve and Jeff had no idea who each other were uh, four years ago. And since we've been sitting next to each other for the past four years, I've seen uh, Steve go from engaged to married. Um, I've seen <laughs> Jeff move uh, up in his career at nine news. So it's, it feels like I'm almost part of your guys's life without even actually getting to like, I don't think we've ever seen each other outside of work until, or outside of work, uh, outside of an abs game until I went to your <laughs> event sure. a couple of weeks ago at the DMBR bar. Which it, it, like at times the way that they're playing, it can feel like work. So I can understand yes. why you, why you go to there. Yeah. Yeah. We hadn't really hung out and we're due for a, like a good hang at some point. Cause yes. uh, we have a great time up there. Um, yeah. So, you know, you just basically walk to the attack one side of the arena and then you go up. And then as soon as your nose starts to bleed, that's you're, you're where we sit. Um, exactly. Just, just look for us. We're just like the tall guy and the short guy with the beard. And like, you, you'll figure out where we are. We're good. Yep. You'll find it out. But yeah. I, we also have my co-host Griffin Young is here too. Um, am I, am I allowed to talk? Yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> um, you are. You are, but this has been um, a weird out of body experience. Usually I do all, all of the I know that, that's why stuff. it's fun having guests that I am friends with, but uh, we're, we're going to have Steve on. We're just going to talk some uh, broad picture of abs fandom um, and where we see this team going this year. So Griffin, the floor is yours, my friend. Well, Steve, I'm, I'm, my main concern, and I think everyone's main concern with the abs right now has nothing to do with the regular season at the moment. The regular season for us is done. We've locked up the Central. We've locked up the West. The only thing even up in the air is the President's Trophy, and nobody cares about that. So my question for you is, do you have any concerns about this Avalanche team at all heading into the playoffs? Do you see any sort of inherent weakness that can be exploited by anyone or any reason that this team wouldn't go all the way? You see little flashes every now and then that they concern you, but I think you see that in just about every team um, that, that, you know, like look at, look at St. Louis a couple of years ago or right when they won the cup, they were what the worst team at the, at the January break. And then like just kind of succeeded from there. Um, I, you know, there's superstition that I think still exists. This is a team that's never made it past the second round um, as a group. Uh, though I think they've added some smart pieces since then that I think will help them when they get to that next point, when they, when they make that, that leap past the second round. Um, the only thing I, I worry about because I have minor PTSD about it is injuries, um, keeping this group healthy. That hasn't been a problem this year. And you hoped that that was not just a regular season thing. That is a, full season thing. 
uh, or for our playoffs thing too, that they'll be able to kind of protect themselves. I was talking with um, Tom Green in our newsroom today. One of the things he talked about is like, they have the options to go to. Um, and, and you could kind of see like the, everybody talks about the McKinnons and cars and, you know, Kadri and Landy and, you know, and Miko on this team, but you do also do see some deficits when, when pieces are missing, like when Devon Taves is in the lineup, you know, they have a tougher game against Washington. Um, So I, you know, I think there are, this is a long way of saying I'm not, I'm never going to bet on anything. Um, I sure hope that this is the year and I hope this isn't just a bunch of hype beforehand. And honestly, like you said, not having a president's trophy here potentially could be a good thing. So maybe that won't be a problem because we all know the curse there. Uh, and the other thing that, that you have no worries about the rest of the regular season and going into the Washington game uh, last night or Monday night, whatever that was. Yeah. One of those uh, days. One of those days. <laughs> it was recent. Uh, Monday night. That, that was it. Monday night. Uh, I, I was thinking if they win out, that there is a pretty darn good chance that they could tie the current record for most wins in a regular season, which would have been cool, but it also wouldn't have been cool because the two teams that have done that have not had success in the postseason. Yes. So I was thinking the same thing, Steve. I was like, I don't want that at all. I wrote, I rode that wagon as a Detroit Red Wings fan in 1996. uh, And seeing the wings set the record at the time uh, and then go into the Western conference finals and lose to the avalanche who would go on and win the cup that year. Uh, and then you've got the lightning who did it in 2019, right before the season, right before the pandemic. And, and they got swept in the first round. I so, pray to God that doesn't happen to us. Um, I don't think it will. It won't, but it yeah. would be kind of funny if that's how it happened. Like, I know I'm a biased ass fan, but that would be objectively funny if we got swept in the first round. If that, if that happens, it's out, of the, it's out of the picture that now, though, because mathematically they exactly. cannot win 62 games this season. So yeah. we're all right. Yeah. We're good. Uh, I mean, if, yeah. if the abs do get swept in the first round, like, Christian, we can just take the entire regular season next year off and just start in game one of the playoffs yeah. because nothing matters if that's the case. <laughs> if this <laughs> team does not get out of the first round, I might just start finding other sports to watch until the playoffs and just flip coins for predictions at that point. Cause we, yeah. we just won't know anything because it would save the two of us $2,000. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I, Kaylee, would, Kaylee would love that if I didn't go to as many games and spent that money more uh, on things for us to do. So um, you, you kind of like the games. She does. She does. Okay. She doesn't, she doesn't like watching the away games with me. For those of you who don't know, Kaylee's my girlfriend. Uh, not a sports fan at all. Um, I brainwashed her into liking some hockey, but um, she likes the she likes going to the games more than watching the games. And I think that's a fair fair thing to want because watching the games live, there's nothing like it. There's just nothing. Yeah. Like it's it. the best sport to watch live. Yeah, here. but on TV it can be a little a little dry. So she's. See, I, least, I don't see that. I've been maybe it's just because I've been a lifelong hockey fan, but I think it's one of the most entertaining things to watch on TV. Yeah. I find football to be boring every now and then I find basketball to be really boring on TV and baseball. Ugh. No, I completely agree with on you. TV, is, but hockey is high flying, but, but I'm biased. Yeah, no, we're extremely biased, but she was not a sports fan ever. Like her parents did not like, she played soccer growing up. That's about it. 
But uh, yeah, she she enjoys going to the game. She's not as big a fan as watching them. I know she's dreading playoff time because I turn into just <laughs> I turn into just a degenerate of watching hockey. So she's not excited for that. But I, I did want to ask you this because you alluded to this um, beforehand in your previous statement, and I think it's one of the funniest stories. You were born and raised in Michigan, born and raised a Detroit yeah. Red Wings fan, and you moved out here, met your current wife, Katie. And all of a sudden you became an Avs fan. I, I think the listeners would love to hear that story, how you go from being a fan of our biggest rival and becoming one of the bigger fans for the other side. Six months before I met my wife, I was at Coors Field wearing a Pavel Datsuk jersey. Great with jersey. A, with, a two, with a Red Wings toque. Uh, and I was just... Love and life because watching the Wings beat the beat the Avs, um, it didn't go so well in the alumni game the night before, which is what really <laughs> mattered. Uh, but but watching them beat the Avs and, and that was the, the I think that was a forty two win season. I think like it was a pretty bad year for the Avs in general. Yeah. Um, but so I, then I, I I met this girl, and on our first date, we talked about the things that we love, and. She was like, I, I, I've been raised my entire life with cats. And I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. Cause I have to, yep. uh, and then she was like, and I'm a hockey fan. And I remember thinking like, I wonder what kind of hockey fan she is. Like, is it just like, a, Oh, I'll like root for this team. And when I started dating her, I would go over to her house on game nights and that television was never not on. Um, she watches every single game she keeps track of every single outcome. Like if we're, if we are at a game or if we're at an event or something somewhere, she will track of the game on her phone. She is that diehard of a fan. Um, and we went to, uh, I remember I took her to a couple hockey games. I'm like, okay, you know, like this McKinnon guy's fun to watch like this, like <laughs> I could be a casual fan of this team. Um, and then we went to the Milan Hayduke Jersey retirement game uh, with her family because her sister, also a diehard hockey fan, you've met Lauren before. Yep. Um, her sister, huge Milan Hayduke fan. We go to that game. We're sitting like center ice up high. By the way, my phone keeps going off. I hope you guys don't hear that buzzing. No, you're good. Uh, but all right. Uh, we're sitting up in like center ice, like, you know, third level. Um, and I'm sitting behind this guy who's got a jersey on that just has, it's a wild jersey. It has the number zero. And in the, on the nameplate, it says no cups. And oh, I was great. like, what a fantastic way to troll somebody. And we sat there and watched that game and the abs blew out the wild. Yep. Um, to the point where, uh, oh my God, how am I, how can I not, uh, Devin Dubnik was Dubnik. the goal for the, for the I remember wild that game. Time and smashed his stick across the goalpost. And I remember at Ball Arena or Pepsi Center at the time, they were playing Bad Day by Gavin DeGraw yep. and like and slow panning the bench. And I was just having the time of my life. And I thought, high school Steve, grade school Steve would kick my ass if he <laughs> knew that I was enjoying this as much as I was enjoying it. And from that point on, we just, it just, I just got hooked, um, you know, and I moved in with Katie games on all the time. Uh, and next thing you know, uh, I, 
I'm like, Hey, do you want to get season tickets? Like we can go in with Jeff. And there we were. Uh, and, were. and I have not followed a team this closely since I followed the Red Wings in that 97, 96 time, 98, when they won the cup, then, um, you know, Oh two, um, it's been a, it's been a really cool ride. Um, and <laughs> as you and I were talking about the other night, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens when the Red Wings get good again. Yep. But honestly, it's coming. This, it's coming. This, this is home now. Um, and like, I'm so disconnected from that team. Like I still watch them, right? Like I still right. pop on a hockey game every now and then. Um, but I've fallen in love with the fan base here. Like, like this is such a cool community in Colorado. Um, and you guys are diehard hockey fans. And I used to joke about that coming from a place like Detroit, where we have some really diehard hockey fans, but the fans in Colorado are fantastic and it's home now. So I am now a fan of the Colorado avalanche. That's what and we I like to admit hear that as long as this is censored from my family back in Michigan, yes, uh, we will, will crucify me to this day. We will make that. sure of it. But my, my other, your, my favorite part of that story. I remember Jeff telling me this is you were wearing when the abs used to play the Red Wings, you'd still wear a Red Wings Jersey until Tyler Bertuzzi punched Matt Calvert in the face on the bench. Um, yep. And that's when you decided, nope, not wearing this jersey again. And that to me is so like, I would only wear it. I would only wear it to the games where the Avs right. played the the, the Bertuzzi punch was enough. So I'll take you through the two stages of this. Yeah. Right. So you got the one stage, the Bertuzzi punch, where I I ripped that jersey off and decide like we're done. We're not wearing this anymore. Yep. Uh, and the second stage was after we were sitting in our seats, and a couple of Detroiters were behind us spilling drinks, ignorant about hockey. So pissed at them. And I got so pissed at some Red Wings fans and like, cause you know, like it's gets so damn hostile in that building. Cause yep. we're a transplant city and everybody's from, everybody's from somewhere. And all of a sudden they're a fan of their team. When that team comes to town. Um, you guys are hitting me at home right now with that caps game recently. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, It's hard. Uh, and, and boy, ball arena felt like it was a, it felt like we were in DC. It did. Uh, it was bad. But they get so annoying, and I'm like, finally, Katie turned to me. I'll never – this was last year. She turned to me. She was like, did you just say Red Wings suck? When everybody (laughs) – you know, the – let's go. Red Wings suck. That's the – and I I did in that moment because I was so pissed at the people around me um, that I I have never had a – like like a turn like that before that was the first time that ever happened yeah that was i i loved that story when i first heard it um and it, it's it's unfortunate because in our section me and steve sit in the attack one side so all of the opposing fans are always in our section and always seem to be surrounding steve jeff uh katie and i and my favorite story i think it was the first year we had seats do you remember that chicago lady who turned around and just yelled at me when I said absolutely nothing to her. Like oh, it was, I do this old lady Griffin. She was probably what Steve in her mid sixties. I kept trying to remember what she yelled at you. Yeah. She was, yeah. Yeah. Probably, probably her mid sixties. 
And the abs just lost on a Jonathan Taves tip in, in overtime. And I thought it was a high stick. And she's, I, I think she called me a motherfucker. And I had not said one word to this lady the whole game. <laughs> and that was the moment I think Steve, Jeff, and I were kind of like, all right, we're in this together. Like the three yeah. of us need to hold down this fort of abs fandom in this section. And I always forget. Do you know the guy who sits to the left of me? Have I don't you know his heard? name. I don't, I don't know, know his name, name either. This guy sat next guy to us, Griffin, for four years, and we've never said a word to him. Never. Who, sit, who commonly sits <laughs> above us, who is one of the best chirpers I've ever heard in my entire life. And his favorite thing is like, oh, like on the Washington game, he'll be like, oh, D.C. must be a great city. Everybody wants to keep living there. Um, it, it, like, he is Damn, that's actually, that's, just, that's just too true. Yeah. <laughs> As a guy who lives outside of D.C. would say. Yeah. Would not live there. Oh, but so, yeah. The other, the other point I'll make on that, if we want to talk about fans who show up in other people's buildings, Sautel and I, Jeff, Jeff Sautel and I have gone to, let's see, five different NHL rinks that are outside to watch Avs games that are outside of Colorado, right? We went to Montreal, Toronto, and Ottawa. Then we went to St. Louis and Chicago um, and caught games there on two separate road trips. And we were never disrespectful to the people who are in that building. You go there, you stand, you cheer when your, your team scores, then you sit down because exactly. you know you're in somebody else's space. And I just don't understand. And maybe it's like mob mentality at, at Fall Arena where, you know, you've got so many people it together. Is. That's exactly that they're like, I can, I can kind of beat up on these other guys because like yep. my people are here. I mean, people, people uh, just but, get bolder in numbers. That's what they do. If, if it's, yeah. it's going to be like just going to the Caps game, let's say it was what, 35, 40% Caps fans? Is that, I wasn't there. Like, is that? I think 30, fair? I think 30 is probably more accurate. Okay. 30% Caps fans. Like, now you've got 30% of people that are going to have your back if anything goes wrong and stuff like that. I will say that the, the, the DC to Colorado pipeline is a very, very real thing. Like, people go to Colorado from here all the time. And why is that is it like a legislative thing like what, i don't really know but everyone here just loves colorado and it's it applies directly to caps fandom as well since we've had burakovsky grubauer and varlamov come here like people kind of see colorado as like a pipeline and for caps fans especially the abs are almost everybody's second favorite team if everyone has to have a west team i can say like i know this for a fact you know considering it's me as well everyone's kind of on my side with this that the abs are always the second team in DC compared to, to everyone else. So I, I was not surprised that that many Caps fans were there on Monday. Cause that's everyone's other favorite team here. If, my, my favorite thing they were doing though, Griffin, and I texted you this, they kept spelling caps and it's, it is the most annoying chant. And I love just going, it, it, it's a four letter word. Why are we keep chanting this? And Steve, you'll love this. Griffin texts me saying they don't even do that at their home rink. It's only away games they do that. They, like they do it a little bit, but it's not like a like the main chant at Capital One Arena is the Let's Go Caps chant. You do that with the horn and everything. That's when one led on the, the billboard and everything. That's a fan-led chant. And no, no one really does it. If you watch a Caps game in the playoffs, you're not really going to hear that on TV because it's like it's like a section thing. A section does it. I don't get why it's such a big road thing. It's not even a, a so cool annoying, dude. I don't, I don't do it at the games because I feel like a dork when I do yeah. it, honestly. I will say this. 
people of your city, I found them to be overwhelmingly nice. My interactions with them are very good in the last couple of times that Caps have played. I don't often make it to those games because there's a, a huge Caps fan in our newsroom who will buy our tickets off of us. Um, but everybody was very kind uh, in that building. Unlike some of the other groups that come in there, like the Vegas people are starting to get to a point where it's they're like, vicious, dude. They're it's, vicious. The, the ones who are the they're worst. Like, where have you been, guys? You've been yeah. a team for like Four years. Four years. Like, let's just let's just chill for a second. Like, so, l- l- I'm gonna get, I'm gonna rank off the four worst fan bases that come to Denver, and you tell me if you agree with them. Okay, uh, number one uh, is definitely I'm gonna go St. Louis because right. they're just they're just mean. Number two, I'll go Minnesota. Ooh, I, I flip those two around. You flip those two, and then yeah. I have I have Chicago three, Vegas four. Nashville in there though. Nashville, I I haven't felt, Nashville. We've kicked their ass so much lately here that they haven't been showing up. Oh, as well. but in in the beginning, man, in the and, beginning and like, it was bad. I would I, I have to admit that is one of the few places I'd love to go see a game in their barn though because they're really passionate oh, yeah. hockey fan. Oh, but yeah. like, but uh, yeah, I um, I would I would tend to agree. I as a Detroit guy, I'm naturally not a huge fan of any Chicago sports, and so. Um, the Chicago people tend to just annoy me in general, even though yeah. I worked in Illinois for four years. Um, I love people from St. Louis, so I might like I might bump them further down the list. But yeah. but they can they are they are very they are very cocky. They are they are, and I hate their chant too. Their blues, and they just do that weird. Oh, I hate the, that chant. Anthem. Yeah, yeah. I despise that chant. So that's me. Just my my hatred for St. Louis. Um, yeah, but everything can, I've heard about from you and Jeff is watching a game when you went to St. Louis was awesome, even though there was a snowstorm. It was great. A snowstorm that shut down. I've, I've never seen a city shut down for like three inches of snow. Yeah. But St. Louis did. It was it was wild. It was at like we were going to because we we make it's like a beer and hockey trip for us. So we're both brewery nerds. So we'll pop around in like places we got we got in at like, you know, noon. And we had lunch. We popped out to like a couple of breweries. And by the third one, they were like, sorry, we're closing early to make sure our staff can make it home safely. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like sorry. Three inches like, out here. Two, like two inches of snow. And I used to work in Springfield, Illinois, which is an hour and a half away from St. Louis, just a little bit to the north. And I can tell you that no one up there freaks out about snow quite no. like that. You used to spend a ton of time in St. Louis too. And I don't, I never remember that being a problem. That was weird. But, uh, that's a cool city. I, I always say this, and I realize it's a relatively like privileged thing to say because say, I know a lot of people can't do it, um, and you know may have kids or you know things that they can't throw money at. Um, and for some reason, Jeff and I have made it a. We don't have the money to throw at it, but we make it a priority to to try to get out and go on a road Speaking trip. Speaking the same language, but it is, it is a blast. Yep. Because it includes all of my favorite things. Like we usually take a train at some point in that too. So we we get beer, we get trains, we get hockey, and it is just it's in a, in a dude's weekend. Um, and you know, like I don't know, if, like there's just something different about hanging out with your friends and hanging out with your significant other, right? So yeah. like, gr- you could do a great girls trip out of this too. Um, I just I think it's a cool way. Like go and support your team and see your team somewhere else and see how other people do it. Um, yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun. 
that's why Griffin is praying to the gods that the abs get out of the first round. Cause he'll be out here for uh, the second round series. If we get there. So he'll be coming to the games with me. He'll be my, uh, he'll be my uh, tag along friend for those ones. So I'm excited for Griffin to experience ball because he's never watched a game there before. Yeah. I've never been to Colorado even. So I'm hoping I can, I was still working on my schedule with that earlier today. And when my semester ends and everything, cause obviously I'm still in college and I really hope I can make it out there for as long as I can, but still up in the air at the moment, but I hope it can all work out. Oh, to experience Colorado for the first time. How wonderful. That <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to it. I've been, a, I've, it's so weird sometimes being in this community as much as I am and being so far away from it at the same time. It's, it's quite strange, but. I love it. What blows me away with Avs Twitter, though, is there's so many people in that position. Like, there are fans from California that see fans from up north all the time. And, like, yeah, it's a a lot of Canadian fans. A lot of Canadian fans. Well, you think about it like they were the Deeks for the longest time. And then, you know, you've got like what Joe, how can you be from Canada and not be a Joe Sackett fan at some point, you know? Um, But, yeah. It's, it's so funny to me. just how how big this fan base is because i didn't realize it either i thought i was just kind of like a a small cog in the machine and then you just meet all these people um i remember we met the lovely lady nancy lambert at uh your event at dmvr and she knew me from twitter and i was like that is so weird to think that people actually know me from twitter (laughs) like i that's cool it, it, it was cool but yeah she she's such so awesome she's such a passionate fan of all things denver sports and uh it was cool meeting her but you know, we just got Nancy uh, and her husband. They were in a bidding war at our event for that team signed stick. Yep. Uh, and they, we, we ended up getting a second one from the Avalanche. And we were able to get it to them because they matched the donation, which is that's awesome. awesome. That's um, awesome. They're they're absolutely passionate people and wonderful people. If you ever yep. get the chance to meet them, you'll see Nancy's. I think it's N Pratt forty four on Twitter. I think, so. I think that's um, her name. Yeah, she's she's wonderful people. Yeah. But it's such a cool community. Like I run into Taylor all the time uh, and the Big Heads crew and Adrian and the Big Heads crew and um, just a lot of really good people that I've met through this like, and through this community because I'm a, I'm a nerd. I'm on Twitter all the time. <laughs> um, and uh, it, it's, it's just such a, it's such a cool thing to be part of that community. Agreed. So. Agreed. Griffin, I know you had a couple more abs questions we can ask because we've got vastly off topic here. No, but no, that's just is, me and Steve. <laughs> no, dude, this has been great. This is this is the easiest episode I've ever had. You guys can take it away from here, but yeah, but I probably just, should I probably should go home and at, at, at some point here, but because uh, my wife would probably like to watch this hockey game with me. Yeah, we've barely seen each other this week, but yeah, no, no, you're boys, good. So I will. I, we got five minutes left on the Zoom call. Griffin, I'm going to ask one last question, um, and I want Steve to pr- plug what he is doing because he's doing some great work oh, yeah. for a charity right now. And <laughs> as much as I want to see you succeed, I also would love to see you have to dance. So go ahead. Take these last couple minutes. Uh, so, talk, so, about, sure. talk about that charity you're supporting. Sure, sure, sure. So uh, every few years, the Anchor Center for Blind Children does a- an event. Uh, they call it Dancing with the Anchors very fitting uh, because it's the anchor center and we are anchors. Uh, So they pull in uh, local uh, news folks and and they have us do 
several weeks. I'm doing 10 weeks of lessons. In fact, I've got to go and do my final two this week um, where we dance a routine uh, at an event that's actually coming up on Saturday on April 23rd. Uh, but it has nothing to do with dancing and everything to do with raising money for charity. So any vote that you get is a dollar raised for the anchor center. Um, we were able to do a great event. Christian was talking about it at DNVR, uh, the bar on Colfax, um, where we made about $2,200, uh, for my dancing with the anchors campaign. And then nine news will actually double that. Uh, in a donation. So they're going to give them an extra $4,500 because of that cause. Um, I would really appreciate your support. Every year I try to beat my colleague, Danielle, uh, who is one of the best fundraisers in the world, Danielle Grant. Uh, And this year she, she has raised over $10,000. I'm at about about $8,000 right now. Um, So if, if, if you would, if you could, I would appreciate your support anchorcenter.org slash nine news steve all one word anchorcenter.org slash nine news steve is where you can go and make a donation to the cause um all of your donations benefit anchor center for blind children uh which is a an organization for birth to five for kids with vision impairments it helps them with all sorts of different programming and therapies and kind of gets their life started on the right foot at a time when a lot of families may feel a lot of, you know, kind of nerves about moving forward because of an, of an unclear future um, with a disability like that. So they really give families a lot of hope. They give families a lot of good programming and the kids, I, it's amazing at that event at DMVR, how many people walked up to me and was like, Hey, my friend's brother went through anchor center and the family has nothing but good things to say about it. So uh, your support is appreciated. Any dollar that you donate is qualified for the child care tax credit in Colorado, which means that you can get up to half of it back on your tax return uh, come next year. Awesome. Well, Excellent Steve. Stuff. And we'll be sure to put that in the, the show description and everything. So if you guys want to check all of that out, be sure to check the show notes for details. But Christian, you brought us in. So why don't you take us away here? Yeah, Steve. I'm so proud of you, Christian. Look I know. Hosting a podcast. Look at me, man. Look at me go. Uh, Steve, as always, man, you know, I appreciate you. And, uh, I, I guess I won't see you for like a week cause we don't have any home games, but, uh, I'm sure I'll see. Yeah, and you. I've got, I got a couple of friends coming to the blues game, but I'll be there for Nashville. So okay. we'll be there we'll for the last there. one, but hey, right. I appreciate, I appreciate you, man. And, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks guys. Wonderful to be here. Appreciate you. All right. Have a good one. Hey everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's right. All you got to do is bet on the Avalanche to win their next game, and you are essentially getting $150 for free. And yes, it really is that simple. And if DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for some cold, hard cash because new customers can make their first deposit and play for free with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up the points for goals, assists, saves, and more. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. So you can deposit and withdraw your cash 
whenever you want with no strings attached. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. Hello once again, everybody. We are back from the Avalanche and the Seattle Kraken game. The Avalanche lose 3-2 to two in Seattle, and the number goes down to, was it, five now? Four games left on the season? My God, this cannot go fast enough. No. Th- this game, thankfully... Um, the second period went by fast. Um, we, we, we're kind of burying the lead here. The Avs lose three to two to the Kraken and probably one of the more uninspiring efforts by the Avs, I'd say. Yeah, uh, this this game undershot my expectations for how boring <laughs> it would be. This That's game fair. was a mess from the start. The Kraken jump out to an early two nothing lead and then a three nothing lead. And Kale McCarr with an amazing goal to make it three to one. And that's kind of where it ends. Like, yep. Lecky gets a goal late in the third. Um, the Avs looked very much like a team that was just trying not to get injured. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, they looked like a team playing a team that they have no beef with, with everything locked up, missing two thirds of their top line. Devonte is the glue of their entire defense and several depth players. And most importantly, lacking just any sense of execution, as Bednar put it after the game, they looked asleep when the game started. They got better as it went on, but you, you can't put yourself in a three, nothing hole and be surprised when you can't come back. Yeah. I mean, you got to remember the Kraken are still a bunch of professionals. Um, this is the dangerous part of the year when you're playing a bad team because these guys are trying to prove it for their next contract. They're still trying to prove that they belong in the league. And the Kraken in that third period played a fantastic defensive period. Like that was that was pure shutdown in the neutral zone. And I know people are going to take away from this game like the abs can't handle pressure and blah, 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 blah. But hey. this isn't the as, abs, though. Yeah. This isn't this as, is literally not the avalanche. Yeah. And as fans. When we don't care, can you imagine if the players care? Because it's – I'm trying to get frustrated and pissed off at this game, but I just could care less. I'm I'm in a bad and shitty mood right now, but it's not because of the abs. It's because of the caps, because I can have nothing. They lose in the Golden Knights <laughs> 4-3 to three in OT. We had to – we delayed starting this so we're starting this like at 1 a.m my time i've delayed this so that i can watch tj Oshie get walked in overtime so that's why i sound like i'm in a pissy bad mood it's not because of the abs and i i'm like christian this game we you can listen earlier in the episode we did not care at all about this game no one did and i as much as the players are professionals at a certain point, you have everything locked up. There is nothing to play for. You are missing so many players. Like, what What are you supposed to do at a certain point? Yeah, you know, I, w- I want them to execute a little more, but I'm, I trust Bednar to get on them for that. And when we go into Edmonton on Saturday, I have no Friday. idea. Friday. Friday. Yeah, because it's the next day for me now. Now yep. I'm confused about what day of the week it is, but – I trust Bednar enough to get the guy eyes up for that game. I don't know if they win it. I don't really care as long as they 
play better and put up a solid performance, that's really all we can ask for at this point. Because you don't want them going into the playoffs cold. This is the problem with with resting guys at this point in the season. Now you're starting to see that the execution starting to slip just a little bit. And you, you want to rein that in in the final five games. The intensity is just not there. Like yeah. even when they were down 3-1 in the third period, earlier in the year, the abs have put an absolute onslaught on teams that are much better than the Kraken. And there was just no intensity. And I don't blame them, man. Like you just said, they have everything locked up. This game felt like a preseason game. It really it, did. It did. This felt like a glorified preseason game. I felt like I did watching the, the abs play Minnesota and Vegas in September. Like this is a game that means nothing. Like we, we kind of have a guy playing preseason right now. And Ben Myers who is auditioning for a role on next year's team. How is this not supposed to feel like preseason? We're missing half of our team. Yeah. I mean, we talked about earlier in the episode, Miko Ranson was out with a sickness, um, not COVID, which is cool. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they like play it safe and don't have him traveled to Canada with their still strict, pretty COVID rules. Like I, if he tested negative, cool. Um, but I, the only positives from this game, Kale McCarr seemed like the only one who really gave a shit out there. Um, Talk about a one-man show. My yeah, God. That, that goal he scored was just fucking unreal. And I thought once he scored, I was like, okay, here we go. Like, we're going to get going. Then the second period, they just fell asleep. Um, Nazan Kadri was back. Um, he missed a wide-open net. Like, you could tell, like, early in the year, Nas is potting that one. Um, and I, I shouldn't say it was only Kim McCarr. I thought Bo Byram had a really good game. He had a ton of chances, it felt like. And he's just missing by a little bit. Like, the goals are going to start coming for Bo Byram because he's getting the chances, man. Yeah, he's getting close. And he's still young. I think there's still developing going on with his instincts and everything. But I, I think you're right. I thought he had a great game. Kadri looked good in his return. He had that great setup to Kale McCarr for the opening goal. He just totally whiffs on a wide open net so bad, dude. you could tell he, he couldn't so believe that he missed that shot yeah and if he buries that it's a different game it's three to yep. two at that point you get a lekin and goal later i i will say if this is the abs in february they win that game even if they're down three to nothing they win that game five three in regulation yeah without a doubt but because what we all just said the intensity just wasn't there and when you have it's tough to get up for a game when it literally could mean nothing yeah like you could lose every game until the playoffs and it will not affect you at all. But you obviously obviously don't want that because that has a mental impact, confidence, momentum kind of thing. You don't want to be trying to find your legs in game one of the playoffs, but this is just what we're doing right now. We're micromanaging everything. Like we want everyone healthy, but we also don't want to lose the process. And it's just, can we fast forward, please? I think next week when we play those two games at home. I think we'll see all of the stars that have been missing playing in those two games, at least one of the two. Um, Because just judging how this is going, you're going to need to get some momentum going into the playoffs. So like, like Bednar said, Taves isn't a serious injury. He's probably yeah, just he, Taves is going to be back when we play St. Louis on Tuesday. He's not going to play against Edmonton. He's not going to play against Winnipeg. And you've got, Ryan Murray and Landy Skaten. I am under the belief that I think Landy will play one of those games. You're on the cautious side where you don't think he plays till game one. I just, uh, I need to, I need to see him practicing with the team yeah, before I can fair. say he jumps in there. That's fair. 
Um, Ryan Murray, I mean, you would have rather had him in there instead of my boy Curtis McDermott, but that would have been nice. But I just, I, I think we're going to see them at least the St. Louis or the Nashville game. One or the, like a majority of the main players are going to play. And then that game against Minnesota at the end of the year is just going to be nothing. Meaningless. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's going to be literally nothing at all. I mean, if the abs have re- like really start stumbling down the final stretch here, like they've, they lose like three of the next four games and like, I actually wouldn't be too surprised if they throw some guys in there against Minnesota, see if they can get the juices flowing before the playoffs. That's just, yeah, they may. I mean, if you're St. Louis, you're hoping and praying that all those guys are still resting when they play and then they go all out for the Minnesota one (laughs) because that would help them. But I, I'm just like, like you said, we're micromanaging here, man. Like we're really trying to be nitpicky about a game that I will wake up tomorrow and totally forget it happened. Like, it's just that point. I am nervous for the Oilers game. I think there's a really good chance we get our shit kicked. If we play like we did in the first period, if we come out like we did against the Kraken, we will. I trust Bednar enough to let the guys know, like, hey, I know we're done. I know there's nothing left for us to do. But you still have games to play. Let's show up and play. And I don't know if we win that game against the Oilers because they're playing really well right now. And we yep. – barely escaped Edmonton last time with a win granted with a still shorthanded team, but it's not going to be any different this time. So, I mean, you'll have Darcy Kemper in that, which is always good. So. Yeah. I mean, Fra- Frankie didn't look locked in in the first period. Obviously he let in three goals and not all of them were great, but after that, I thought he was fine. It's just with Frankie lately, he just hasn't played a lot. It's, it's hard to really get a rhythm because Darcy Kemper has unequivocally been the guy. And I think Frankie knows that these, he might've maybe two, three games until the end of the year. And then if all goes well, he's not going to see the net in the playoffs. Yep. That's the goal. So he, I think what's happening is we've talked about this before. Darcy Kemper likes a lot of high volume amount of shots. Frankie is not that way. And it's hard for the abs to switch up the whole play style that you've been playing for Kemper's played what 55 games, like something like that. Three fourths of the season. It's hard to switch that mentality. Be like, Oh, that's right. I have to not let shots get through now. Um, but 53. Yeah. Like it's okay, man. I, I, I genuinely just don't care. <laughs> yeah. And like, and even in this game, I didn't even feel like it was the, difference in goaltending it was Comfort fell asleep on that dump in yep. allowed colin to get in the eberle one he wins a scrum and kind of walks in you'd like a save there but you know that was a perfect shot it was a perfect shot you'd like a save but you also want the the guys to win that battle on the boards and the last one is like that's a triple bounce off of byram and who was it yanni gord who ended up getting the goal like there's nothing frankie could really even do there and Again, like I said earlier, if this is February, the Avs, they come back from 3 nothing and win this game easy because they would be trying. Yeah, I thought the last nine minutes of the game, the Avs really turned it on. It was just a little too late. Like, they finally got some sustained pressure, and you got the lucky goal. Because, um, of course, it's him. Yeah, it's no him. One, no one works harder. That guy is <laughs> – in the in the playoffs, he's going to be so important. I love him. Yeah, he's going to be great, and then – uh, Big Val had a chance at the end of the game, and I think he kind of had an oh shit moment. I have way too much time with the puck because he was wide open in the slot. Like he 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 could have ripped that shot, but he waited a little too long, and that was the game. Um, 
the one concern I have from this game, and it's a concern we haven't had in a while, the depth guys really, really looked outmatched tonight. And these depth guys, we're talking about it. The abs are deep. And you're looking for guys to step up, figure out what role they're going to play. And I didn't think any of them had a good game tonight. Darren Helm was very forgettable. Andrew Cogliano wasn't very good. Logan O'Connor was meh. He's been ha- he's been having a stretch lately. Yeah. He, it, he scored a goal, and then everything he's been doing right has just stopped. Yeah. And right. it, it shows in his ice time recently. Yeah. He plays the least of anybody on this team. He played – or did it just go? He played seven more seconds than Paris McDermott did. Yeah. So the, the depth guys, you, you need them to step up in these last, like if we're going to watch for one thing in these last five games, it's the depth guys, because the thing They're is, ben Myers, yeah, Ben Myers, while he's been good, he can't play in the playoffs. Yeah, he can't. And you need like Cogliano had his first, I feel like rough game. Nico Sturm wasn't particularly good. JT Confer really took a step. He got bumped down to the third line which rightfully so, but these guys got to step up going into the last five games of the season and figure out who's going to play in what position, because if that's the effort we're going to get out of the forwards, I wouldn't be shocked if it's 11 forward 70. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. I mean, and you know, Nathan McKinnon looked like he was trying to do too much in this game and you don't have a ton of your stars, no Landis Gog, no Rantanen, Kadri's making his first game back and Val always plays hard, but those guys in the bottom six, they're playing for jobs. And yeah. it didn't really seem like any of them particularly wanted it all that bad in this game. Nope. This is this is the kind of game where you make that impression on Bednar and make it clear to him that you should not be scratched in the playoffs. I feel like no one really took a step and made it clear that, hey, in a game like this, when things are tough and things aren't going well, I'm a guy you can rely on. No one did that to me. And for it's disappointing for, for a guy like Logan O'Connor, that that's kind of what he's supposed to be like that guy. That's just a, a hound for a puck on the boards. It, it just felt like he was taking the night off. I, I, I guess it just has to do with the situation we're in right now where nothing matters. You know, who's the big winner of tonight? Nicholas Obeku bell. Cause yeah. he was scratched. And if I'm Bednar, the way Nack's been playing lately, he's making a case now. So that's going to be the interesting part these last five games of the year. Um, I just – we need to see more out of them. And granted, this was the first time it's been bad in a while. In a while. But you need to figure out who's playing where when it comes into game one. Because now game one, when we were recording with Steve and before the game, it looked like it was Dallas for sure. Dallas gets their brakes beat off by – Edmonton tonight and Vegas comes back and beats Washington. So now Vegas is only two points back at Dallas. Um, so it, it could be Dallas. It could be Vegas. We, we don't really know. It's all going to come down to that next Tuesday when those two teams play. And it's important to note because the thing is, is that LA has been behind Dallas for a while and now LA is one point ahead of Dallas. So if Vegas does get in, they take over second wild card instead of the third spot in the Pacific and as we've mentioned at nauseum, LA has a hilariously easy schedule. They could realistically win out. Yep. And like you just said, massive game coming up. Is it on next Tuesday? It? Next Tuesday, Vegas and Dallas. God, I cannot believe the Caps blew that freaking game. <laughs> Tempson on that as a at second goal. I cannot believe he gave that up. 
change the entire thing. Yeah. And now Vegas is alive again, which seemed like just on Tuesday when they lost to the Devils on home ice, they were dead. If they won that game, they're tied with Dallas right now. It's a completely yeah. different conversation. But yeah, I, I still think it's going to be Dallas, but they're they're four, four and two in their last 10 games. They've lost two in a row. They've lost big to Vancouver and Edmonton by a combined score of 11 to four. They barely beat the Sharks. They got a huge point against the Wild. And they've got a big game coming up uh, tonight by the time you're listening to this against Calgary, who they, if they turn it around, could potentially play in round one. Then they have Seattle, Vegas, Arizona, Anaheim. If they get a point at least against Calgary, they've got three winnable games coming up, even though they lost to Seattle earlier this month. And I think the deciding game against Vegas, if Vegas wins that game, then they're in the driver's Vegas seat. first round. Yeah. Add Vegas first round. Fuck it. Let's just balls to the wall right away. Why not? Right. That'd Pure be stress. a, yeah, that'd be a crazy playoff run if we were to get to the cup. Cause it'd be Vegas, Minnesota, if they can find a way to beat St. Louis and then Calgary or Edmonton, like that's a murderer's row. Of yeah. We, well, we've, we've talked about like, Oh yeah, it's, the West sucks this year. And then monkey Paul curls, Vegas, Minnesota. And like you just said, whoever comes out of the Pacific, probably Calgary or Edmonton. That's a tough road to the Stanley yeah. Cup. So oh, we got a lot to sort out. Um, ah, I mean, I just want it to be next. Like by this time next week, the playoff juices will be flowing. Like when we're recording on Wednesday, we'll be like, okay, we're getting there. But right now it is. It's, the, it's just that along. little sweet spot, like right before the final week of the season. And we just played the fucking Kraken. Like there's just nothing to do right now. It is 11 days until the playoffs. If I'm doing it off the top of my head, right? The first Monday of May is yep. when it should start. I think from if, if I'm doing the math right from previous seasons. So we're close. We're either going to play on Monday or Tuesday. If it's Tuesday, we are 12 days away. We're, we're getting there. Like Praying well, to God it's on Monday. Yeah, that would be very helpful. I mean, what, what was 12 days ago? 12 days ago was the... Oilers game the last Oilers game so think yeah. about it like that the last time we played the Oilers to the playoffs we are halfway in between that so we're getting there everyone just gotta hold on for a couple more games we got yep. five more games left four more games left I can't do math five more games it's late five more games left before the end of the season just one week after after we play the Oilers on Friday it's one week of four games it's all central teams and three of them are in the playoffs. And realistically, we could see two of them in the first two rounds. So, like, honestly, like me and Christian, we have to do this. This is our jobs. My advice to some of you is just take a break. Take a break. Yeah. This is going to get really stressful. I, I mean this genuinely. Like, take a break. You don't need to watch these games. They're not important. They don't mean anything. They're not going to play a ton of players. Me and Christian have to do this. We do yeah. this show. We get paid to do this. You don't have to take nope. a, take a breather if you need it. Cause, Cause it's, it's going to get really stressful. This is going to get very, very stressful in very, very less quickly, than two, less than two weeks. That's less time than you think. Yeah. It's going to be fun. As we close the show, we'll close it on this because I, I just love this stat that the altitude graphic put up. Um, Devontae's in 64 games with the abs that he's played. The abs are 59 and five. That's a point. That's an 82% win percentage. 
And that's pretty good. Without him in the lineup this year, they are five, six, and one. So pretty all those people. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty important guy. Um, so for all those people saying Roman Yossi's the MVP, uh, I'll just share this stat with them because yeah. very clear to Taves is one of the most important defensemen in the league. So I just love that stat. Basically, everything is better when Devon Taves is there and everything is worse when he's not there. Yes. So, so in short, if Devon Taves gets hurt in the playoffs, uh, you don't even really need to stress about it at that point because it's yeah. over. It's this over. guy is the, the glue of the defense, as great as Kale McCarr is, as great as Kale McCarr was in this game. Yeah. Like, you can't say he's a product of Devon Taves still because he had that goal. He had an outstanding – he was the only one playing – but so yeah. not, not to bring this up to take away from Kale McCarr, but just Devontae's so important yep. to this team. They need him badly. We saw it at the beginning of the season when they were bad, and now he's been out for two, two games. games. <laughs> two games. And the whole world's falling apart. And the entire <laughs> thing crumbles. I, I don't think you can call that a coincidence because yeah. it's you not. Can. Yeah, you can't. So we'll close with that. Um this was a fun episode, though. Yeah, we've been, a lot. We've, we've been we've recorded at three separate intervals. Yeah, <laughs> never usually done that. Yeah. So shout out to my guy, Steve Steger, for hopping on. Uh, like he said, he's raising a bunch of money for a really good cause. So if you have some extra coins and you want to throw at that, please do. Um, but yeah, that's all I got, man. Yeah, that's about all I got. It's 1.15 a.m. my time. I've still got to throw all three parts of this together and eventually at one point sleep, you know. Big deal, right? Kind of important. Nah. <laughs> this episode's going to be up. Probably. I'm not even going to schedule. I'm just going to put it up right away when I'm done. So Love it. Love it. All right. So I think that's about enough for this episode of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We will be back on Monday when we will have the Oilers and Jets game in the books as we get ready for the final three games of the season. Maybe the playoff picture will be a little clearer at this point because every time it seems like it clears up, it just gets a little more complicated again. So we'll see where it all goes in time. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow the show at Teledabs it is, and you can follow Christian at Christian underscore belay. Almost forgot about him, you know, even though he's right in front of me. But it's all right. It's, it's all been right. a long it night. From sometimes it has been a long night. I've been I've been awake for a long time. So. <laughs> Thank you all so much for tuning in, and we will catch you all next time. Enjoy the rest of your week, and if you need a break, take it. It's going to get stressful, so we'll see you then. Have a good week.